Tainis Esther. It's you know what it means Tainis Esther. That's the name of the fast. Well, Esther, I know what Tainis means. Fast. Oh, okay. Fast of Esther. Now, what is this fast of Esther? So I asked you before, how many fast days do we really have? How many fast days do we really have? So we know, of course, we have Yom Kippur. That's one. Passover. Now, fast, oh, good one. That's a good one. Right before Passover. That, there's one for the firstborn. A Davin uh, for the firstborn. That's how I knew there was a fast. Okay, but let me tell you something. But that's uniquely for the firstborn. I'm talking about a fast Zero. now that would encompass the entire Jewish community. Now, there's a reason why the firstborn fast on the eve of Passover, that is to commemorate the special miracles that the firstborn, Jewish firstborn, had. The fact that God smit all the firstborn of the Egyptians and he made a distinction yeah. and he allowed for the Jewish firstborns to uh, remain alive. Yeah. And to commemorate that particular miracle, it's a time of fasting for them to do special introspection, especially for the firstborn, because that was a specific miracle for them. But all the other fast days are not uh, geared for any uh, individual group, but it's for the Jewish community. So what are the fast days that we have? Of course we have Yom Kippur. Mm -hmm. As far as from the uh, biblical origin, there's only one fast day, which is the Yom Kippur. Uh, God gave us one day a year, as God says, that they gave us a one day for atonement. Through the atonement, we, 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 we gain God's, you know, our fasting and our affliction for the day. We gain God's forgiveness. So that's one day a year. What is that day? That's Yom Kippur. Now then we have an additional four fast days a year, which are associated all with the destruction of the temple. Uh, in one way or the other, it associates with the destruction of the temple. Basically, there are four fast days. They are mentioned already in the uh, in the scriptures. They're mentioned uh, about four of the fast days. Let me ask you a question, if I may. Sure. Why four when the temple was only destroyed twice? Very good point. And let me just to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll consolidate your question okay. even further, because I was going to ask you. Well, after the uh, rebuilt the second time when they mm -hmm. after the first destruction, did they still fast for the destruction of the first one, or once the second one was built? So what purpose is there in fasting for the uh, for the first one? Actually, they probably didn't have to fast anymore because they it yeah, was the rebuilt. Again, yeah. Even though the second temple didn't quite match up, yeah. in many aspects were lacking in the second one. Relative to the first one, Another there were things that weren't there. Yeah, I apologize. Sorry, the wall for the second temple, the western wall, was that originally from the first one as okay, well? Okay, so the wall that we have today in Jerusalem, the wall you see, that is not a wall of the temple itself. That's around the mountain. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the temple was standing higher up. That's yeah. just surrounding the mountain. That's a later yeah. uh, thing, but that's that's not a part of the actual okay, structure right. of the temple. Gotcha. But um, the, the four fast days that we say that are associated with the destruction of the temple, it's not for how many temples, but there are four 
calamities, sort of. There are four stages to the destruction of the temple. Um, uh, there was, number one, was the fact that there was a prophet. Uh, his name was Gidalia ben Achikam. He, would, uh, he was one of the prophets who, who rebuked the Jewish people. He told them that if they're not going to repent, then the temple will be destroyed. So they didn't like to hear it. You know, people don't like to hear rebuke. So they went to kill them. So that is considered to be uh, one of the um, beginnings, sort of, of the later on of the mishaps that followed that his his killing. So, and then eventually, you know, when the uh, the enemy they came in and they saw the blood and they and they they they, they slaughtered many Jewish people on the blood of the prophet. You know, there's a whole story in the Talmud and in the Midrash. So that's a different thing, but I just want to go through the fast day. So that was the first fast day. Okay. Uh, then on the tenth day of Tavis, it's called Sarba Tavis in Hebrew. There's another fast day. That fast day is because that is the time when the king, the Babylonian king who surrounded Jerusalem, uh, he started the siege over Jerusalem. So that's considered, you know, before the fall of the city, he uh, started the siege on the tenth day of of Tavis. Uh, yeah. Why am I that one with a fast though? That city was been besieged and sacked and whatever a gazillion times. Yeah. Well, you know? the, 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 no, the, the 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 fast begins because we believe that you know all the things that happen and the difficult times are as well as the good times are all associated with our relationship with God. You know, so that means that. Um, the reason why the temple was destroyed, the reason why we were exiled from our land, from Israel, was due to the fact of our imperfections, that we didn't you know, behave properly and it, we could not okay. be. So the, the fact, all the things that led to what, uh, we, we need to introspect. And you know, when one fasts, it helps him sort of uh, you know, feel a little bit less himself and feel maybe a little bit more spiritual. Okay. Because if you indulge in your materialism and your physicality, then you're fully fed, you know, maybe you're not as sensitive to be able to listen or to hear and to be a little bit more spiritual. Okay. So that's why what we do is we uh, we fast, and those are fasts to commemorate so that we repent. Now, of course, if somebody fasts and, uh, and he goes and he uh, doesn't pay attention to the fast and just wastes the time or goes for, uh, you know, uh, walks, pleasures, yeah. and, you know, he doesn't utilize it, Properly, you know, the prophet says that, you know, uh, God looks, uh, you know, not to the, uh, to the fast, but God looks to the heart, to what we, to what we mean. So the fasting day, the fast is merely a, a means of getting us to subdue ourselves a little bit before God. Yeah. So, so the first one we talked about was the killing of the prophet. The second one was the siege of Jerusalem. Then we had when they actually broke through the wall of Jerusalem, which was on the 17th day of Tammuz, called Shivas or Tammuz, and then three weeks later they burnt the temple down. So that was on the 9th of Tisha B'Av. So these are four calamities. Okay. So now, again, so just to uh, re- recount, so we have like this, we have Yom Kippur, that's yeah. the Torah, then we have four that are associated with uh, the destruction of the temple, which we fast, and then you mentioned one more which is particularly for the Bechorim, for the firstborn, to commemorate their miracle again, that they were saved. 
And then we have one more, and that's called the Tainus Esther. That's right now, the day before Purim. Now, we do find in the Temple also very interesting, in the time of the Megillah, in the reading, we find that they fasted over there. And it's a very, very interesting lesson that, you know, that the Rebbe brings out in some of his talks. A very interesting lesson, you know, I mean, if you take a look, you know, from the, uh, historically, you, yeah. know, you take a look also <coughs> from the standing of the Jewish people, so that particular time, the Jewish people were in a very, very strong footing over there. They had, they had a lot of pull. They were in the inn, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Queen Esther, yeah. she was the wife, she was the queen of the king. Never in Jewish history has a Jewish woman been the wife of a, uh, of a leader who controlled the entire world, basically, because it says that King Akashverosh was a Moshe Bekipa, meaning that he dominated the entire world. So basically all of the world was under Akashverosh. Who was his wife? A Jewess. A Jewish woman. So can you imagine any more, you know, being, having more pull, sure. you know, in the government? Now, look, and then also, uh, you know, Mordechai. Now, Mordechai was the head of the court. He was the head of the Sanhedrin. He was the head of the court. He was an officer in the palace. He was one of the people that was sitting in the gate of the king. Yeah. That means that he had a very prestigious... So here you have this orthodox, bearded, bearded rabbi who was very learned. He was the sort of the most prestigious and the most honored, revered person within the Jewish community. Guess who? He is right up there with one of the officers of the king. Mm-hmm. Now, can anything bad befall in that situation? Jews could have been you know, really secure and felt no problem could ever happen to us. And yet, in that situation, notwithstanding situation, one of the worst possible uh, decrees ever befall the Jewish people took place right then and there. Mm -hmm. Because Haman didn't want to kill only the babies like Pharaoh did. Only the males, the babies that were born. Haman said he wants to kill all men, women, children, babies, everybody, from older to younger. Nobody should remain alive. Wanted to kill us all. He didn't want to, and there was nowhere to run because he was in control of the whole world. Right? Yeah. And there was no time to run because it's all going to be in one day, everybody. So, how could it possibly be that during such a safe uh, a time that we yeah. felt so safe, we should just be in the lowest of the levels to be such destruction to the Jewish people. And the reason is because there is a connection we have with God. Because the Talmud says, what happened is, what happened was, it says, Achashverosh made a big feast. He made a big party. Yeah. And he invited everybody including the, and every, everybody in the city, in the capital of Shushan, that was Shushan Abiru, that was the capital of the city, he invited everyone to partake in his party. So what does that mean? This was the greatest opportunity. So you can imagine all the Jewish, the big shots and everybody else, they were there with the three-piece suits and, they, and everybody was showing up. The machers were there. The machers and the shaisers, everybody was there. Can you imagine how good the Jews felt? 
Now, the Talmud uses the language, very interesting. It says, They enjoyed. They enjoyed the feast. Meaning, they felt, you know, they had this inferiority See, complex. They, they had this complex, and they felt... A little full of themselves, huh? No, Achashverosh went and put out on display all the vessels of the of the uh, of the uh, sanctuary of the Mikdash, Besamikdash, and he sort of made a mockery of them. And all the Jewish people were sort of shaking their hands. They were all appeasement type of people. They were saying, "Oh, how lucky, how good!" You know, they were all trying to be with the king. But the problem was that they enjoyed. Enjoying means they didn't have the pride. They didn't have, you know. Besides the fact, you know, the food wasn't kosher. The other thing that was, mm-hmm. there was other problems over there. That disregard, in a way, they lost their connection to God. So what meant is what we showed over here. What the the idea over here was, look, it doesn't matter who's that you have a queen as a, a wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he, the, 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 the Jew is a the wife's the king the king's wife yeah. doesn't matter that Mordechai is in the palace if we do not follow the ways of God mm-hmm. then nothing will help us yeah. nothing is going to help you and therefore you know you were in danger then to turn things around what happened she called a fast yeah. Esther called the people to fast which means she says you know Mordechai says go to the king and ask for your people, and she says, well, you know, I've not been called to the king, if I come to the king uncalled, I'll be put to death, yeah. and he says, well, don't think that you're going to save and let the rest of the Jewish yeah. people die, and you know, eventually she goes to the king after saying to Mordecai, gather all the Jews and let's fast together, again we find the fasting, why did they fast? They fasted because they were going to subdue themselves to God, it was also a means of their repentance, we find during wars, we find that when people faced an enemy, they fasted. You know, even in the Bible, we find when Amalek uh, first won, as soon as the Jews left uh, Egypt, Amalek greeted them, and then Moshe and Joshua they fasted when they were uh, waging the war there. Yeah. So now, even Queen Esther fasted, and when they do this all, they wanted to find favor in God's eyes. Now, we know, of course, God wants wants us to work. In natural means, mm-hmm. you know, like we many times we talked about, you know, the guy that God sent them the boat and the, you know, that joke uh, about about this guy. He was uh, there was a, a tsunami coming, and you know, and the uh, oh. you know the marshals came and said, "You gotta leave the." I'm waiting know, for a bigger boat or something like no, that. No, no, no. Said, no. So he says, "You gotta leave the, your house because you're gonna drown," and he says. I trust in God. Nothing's going to happen to me. You know, I, I know that. And in the meantime, the water is starting to rise, and so he's going up to the second floor, and then the Coast Guard sends him a boat to yeah. take him from the window, and he says, no, he says, I know nothing's going to happen to me. And here, finally, the water, he's on the roof now because the water is yeah. up to the roof. So they finally send a helicopter to go, and the guy is yelling, he's hovering over him and says, I'll lower the rope. This is your last chance to... Hold on, he says, no, 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 I trust God. Nothing is going to happen to me. And then eventually he's flooded and he dies. He comes up before the heavenly court. He says, God, he says, how could you do this to me? I trusted in you. I believed in you, that you're going to save me. And then look what happens. And God says, I don't know what you're complaining. I sent you the marshals, I sent you a boat, and I sent you a helicopter, yeah, he said. Yeah. 
And now you're, you're complaining? I mean, God wants us many times to use the physical means. Mm-hmm. So what were the Jewish people to do? So they sent Esther to go to Achashverosh to try to plead the case. But Esther was in need of finding grace, finding favor. The king should love her. The king should t- take the serpent, the, the, the staff that he has to, yeah. to touch. So when somebody fasts, they lose some of their beauty. They lose some of their grace. So Esther should have not fasted, but Esther should have said, okay, you know what, let me put up some more makeup. Let me, uh, you know, pamper myself a little more. So I'll look good. But she didn't do that. She fasted. And one's question is, well, shouldn't she use natural means to try to, uh, you know, yeah. convince the king or to uh, persuade the king yeah. to love her? Why is she doing this? But here again lies the same idea like we said before. Although we need to use natural means, but the natural means are just that, they're only means. Yeah. They're ways, they're vehicles through which God sends his blessings. So the most important part, really, is the blessing. And you don't need to make such big vehicles, such big garments, you know, to prove to go ahead and 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 and, and be successful. Yeah. Yes, you gotta do, you gotta make a a Kaylee, what's called yeah. a vessel, you gotta do. So the fact that everybody is fasting, Esther wasn't concerned that maybe she'll lose a little bit of her grace. Yeah. Of course, she didn't walk into the king all sloppy and all messy. No, she made herself beautiful too. But she realized that they really you got to be beautiful in the eyes of God. That's even more important. So if fasting helped her reach a higher level of connection to God, she knew that she better get first the grace of God before she gets the grace of man, before she gets the grace of Achashverosh. So therefore she wasn't so particular because again, the Jewish faith isn't so much in a natural, logical way, but the Jewish faith is something which is spiritual, which is their connection to God. The other things are a result. They're yeah. there, they're need, but they're only means. And therefore we have to pay mostly attention to our spiritual standing. So to commemorate this uh, idea of God's uh, helping us mm-hmm. and to subdue ourselves to God and to give thanksgiving to Hashem, we fast on the day before Purim. Uh, now, this isn't connected to anything of the destruction of the temple. It's not a sad fast or remaining. It's not connected to a sad event. It stands up by itself. It stands up by itself. And that's the fast of Esther. Now, that was uh, set up on the day before Purim to commemorate, to get our hearts to Hashem, to realize that it is God's salvation that brought about the miracle of Purim. So now, the sun up to right? That's correct, from sun, right? Now, usually that fast day is done on the day before Purim. And usually it's actually a challenge. We read the Megillah twice. We read it once at nighttime mm-hmm. and once in the daytime. Nighttime you read it the first opportunity. But usually it's a challenge because you're fasting on the day. You don't really break your fast till after you finish reading the Megillah. Sure. So after fasting a full day, you have to then read the Megillah and then you can first break your fast. This year, however... Because Shabbos is the day before Purim. Purim is the 14th, mm-hmm. which is on Sunday. Yeah. So therefore, 
we don't fast on Shabbos. So they went and they made the fast earlier. The rabbis moved it up and they made it to Thursday. Also, Friday is not a good day to fast because you don't want to enter Shabbos while you're really so hungry. Sure. It's not an honor of Shabbos. Yeah. So therefore, and one has to prepare for the Shabbos. So therefore, they moved it up to Thursday. So this year, we're going to fast Thursday. But that means that when we read the Megillah on Saturday night, we're not going to be hungry because on Shabbos you can eat. There's no more fast day, so there's no fast day on that. Now, basically, the miracle, as you see, what happened was uh, Haman got the king to make the 13th day of Ador as the day that the uh, enemies uh, of the Jews should be given permission just to kill who kill, was, uh, kill them all. He, gave, he made that edict that they should be able to go kill them all. Now, the second time around, what they did was they made this new decree that the Jews can fight back and they can take revenge on those who wanted to kill them. I guess it was known who the KKK were, who the anti-Semites were, and it says, but the fear of the Jewish people fell on all the nations, and a lot of them converted, a lot of them became Jewish, and then, but the Jewish people beat and slew all their enemies in all the kingdom. In Shushan, now what happened was, in Shushan, in the capital, and elsewhere in the entire kingdom of Ahasuerus, it was on the 13th day of Ador that they had this battle. But Queen Esther uh, petitioned Ahasuerus to give another, an additional day in the capital. So in the capital, they had two days, the 13th and the 14th. All over the countries and all other places, there was only the 13th that they took revenge. So whatever they did, they did. But in Shushan itself, they did it two days. They did it on the 13th and on the 14th. And therefore, we also have a difference in the well, celebration. Why, days? why were they given the extra day? Shushan was, uh, you know, the Shushan was again infested. That was the capital. Yeah. It was infested with Samar and the Semites over there. Esther felt that she needed another day over there. I guess they asked for another day uh, over there. They also hung the ten sons of Haman. Haman had ten sons. And they were known anti-Semites, the ten sons. They... They had earlier tried to prevent the, the building of the temple. They've gotten involved in many, many different things. Yeah. What? They're with the minion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're minion. Yeah, good. What does the uh, what does the Talmud say about Ashaverus? Ashaverus. Yeah. He seems to be a weak-minded man. In that, on the one hand, he's willing to listen to Haman. Go ahead, slaughter all the Jews. On the other hand, he turns on a dime because Esther says, oh, please don't do this. Let them fight back. Okay, I'll do that. Does it remind you some of the flip-flops of our present politicians? Uh, certainly, of course. But he seems, in, in this case, he seems to take it to an extreme. Um, Matter of fact, you know, Akashverosh is used not as a good king. He's viewed as an evil king. No, I agree. I mean, the fact that he would agree to it to, be, to begin with shows he's... But a he was king. also viewed as, uh, you bring out, as a foolish king. You know, that could make up his mind, and he, like you say, he flipped his, he flip-flops and, uh, and changes his mind, you know, and he just, uh, you know, totally not reliable. But 
Yet, in the end, you know, it worked out. Uh, you know, he, he kills his wife in an instance of anger, and then he, uh, he uh, you know, raises Haman, and then he kills him, you know, so that, that, was, that was true. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that although this was all dressed up in a natural, it seemed like natural events, you know, you know, you read the story, well, he lost his queen, Esther became the queen, then she could besiege him, and then they were saved. Yeah. But, you know, there is no name of God in the whole entire Megillah. The only book in all of the, the scriptures and writings, you know, we have 24 books, of, uh, and the only uh, book that doesn't have God's name in it is the Megillah's Esther. No, uh, the simple reason is, the reason, simple reason is, because this was also involved, you know, the um, the other uh, the other peoples over there at the time that were involved, you know, with the king of Hashverosh, and there was a worry if they mentioned the name of God, you know, they would may misinterpret it to their deities, you know, to other than Hashem. So they refrained from that. But in a way, the Megillahs, you know, is is a hidden, you know, it's the Megillah was added. Esther actually put in a special request. She asked that it be incorporated together with the other books. So she was like, uh, they did her a special, she went to the sages, and the sages agreed to it eventually, that this should be incorporated, be part of the of the scriptures. Because, uh, you know, that was added later on. Uh, name of God, you know, is disguised. So because some of the stories of the events that took place, you know, almost seem natural. They seem, you know, later yeah. on we can seeing them, okay, you know, it makes sense. I mean, we find, like, just to give another case, now, like, Joseph being sold by his brothers, yeah. eventually he became the second in command in Egypt, and then yeah. he saved the entire world, plus his own family, you know, from starvation. So, and, you know, and then the Jews go down to Egypt, and that prepares them to become a people, yeah. and then they get the Torah, and they become a people. So, you know, but as the events were unfolding, while they were throwing him into the pit, or while he's being yeah. sold, or while in the house of Pharaoh, you know, it was a different story. So, you know, all these things, you know, uh, Esther was taken against her will, you know, she had to go, she had no choice, and then, you know, it, so it was all like, but at the end of the day, we believe that this was, this was all orchestrated by God. Yeah. It's hidden, in other words, it's hidden in the ways of nature. But God, you know, orchestrating this all, that these things should, the events should play out as they did. So when you're saying, well, Achashverosh, you know, flip-flop on a dime, yeah. it's not really Achashverosh. I mean, it's God pushing him. It's God's, you know, God's way of, of, of saying, you know, changing things around, as we were talking about before. While the Jews were benefiting or sinning, separating from God, then the calamities happened. Then they were, they were uh, you know, uh, allowed for yeah. the Goyim, you know, to destroy them. As soon as they turned back to God... Then Achashver changed his mind, and then you know Haman gets oh, yeah. killed. So, you know, with the within the uh, disguise, there is still you know the yeah. force that pushes everything that makes everything go, and that 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 came into play with uh, with Esther and, uh, and Mordechai and the whole story. It's just that it seems in some respects he was almost he was Achashver's God. Yeah, it seems like what he seems to be almost inconsequential. I mean. In what way? In that he just turned so easily on a dime. Uh, it was all ultimately Hashem, right? So. Yeah, but again, 
we still learn from the ways of the nature how things happen. You know, if, if we just said everything, Hashem, Hashem, then we don't have to study. We say, okay, don't worry about a thing. Everything is Hashem. We try to understand and we try to learn also from the sequence of events sure. how, it, how, it implies, how it applies to us. But then we also realize that, you know, that's only a part of the picture. There's yeah. a deeper. Like to everything else, it's like layers. So you have the outer layer, yeah. so it have what you see, and then when you peel off the outer layer, then there's the inner, there's deeper, there's always deeper and deeper meaning. Sure. There's an endless amount of layers to Torah, and there's an endless amount of interpretation. But back to our subject that we started discussing, is that's why we have the fast of Esther. And that's why, uh, um, you know, the fast is really all the time on the day that they waged war, which is the 13th day of Adar. That's when they waged the war. Like I said, everybody waged war on the 13th day of Ador. Uh, whether they were in Shushan, the capital, or all, all over the kingdom. Because that was the day they waged the war, that's why that's the day they made this fast day. But because we can't fast, it's Shabbos, that's why we do it on Thursday. Sure. Uh, you know, one, uh, one uh, drawback is, if you forget, let's say, and you eat uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. you can still make it up by fasting on Friday. <laughs> so, so you can't make a mistake this year. But that's, that's, that's one, just one of the things. And it stands up by itself.